Welcome to the Sabbath School Rescue Podcast with your host, Buster Swoops and Michael Campbell. This week in preparation for Sabbath September 25th, we look at Lesson 13, The Ultimate Rest. Join us as we explore how to find that true rest that is only found in Jesus Christ. The Sabbath School Rescue Podcast is hosted by Michael Campbell and Buster Swoops at Southwestern Adventist University. We love learning and sharing God's Word, and together we have 18 years of pastoral experience, and now we have the privilege to dig deeper into this study. All right, here we are at the end of the quarter. It's gone Uh, by quickly, hasn't it? It has. Lesson 13, The Ultimate Rest. And our memory text comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. And it says, But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Amen. You know, yeah, beautiful promise. Yeah, I, I love hearing this promise. I love claiming this promise. And God is sure. God is true and actually brings these things to fruition, which I absolutely love. Yeah, I think heaven's going to be more amazing than we can imagine yeah not, you know not, not to jump ahead but yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so, sometimes it's hard to uh, see this in the temporal mm. but know, knowing that we serve a god who not only cares about us in the temporal but most importantly cares, cares about us in eternity mm-hmm. uh, and i think that brings out in this lesson all throughout uh, every day so lead us out with that michael starting off there on sunday's lesson well we're spending for this final week of the quarter a lot of time in the book of revelation yes and you know, Revelation, it's this revealing, it's a lot of people are focused on how it's apocalyptic, you know, (laughs) Uh, but, you know, all that apocalyptic is pointing towards something greater, grander than, and that's really what the point of this lesson is here, is it it points us to uh, who Jesus is in our eternal home. And we get a good picture of that right at the beginning in this beautiful, um, Uh, description in Revelation chapter 1 verses 9 through 19. I'm not going to read this whole thing here. Uh, There's a lot of different aspects of it, but it's a description. I encourage you to just, you know, take the time to to read this. Um, It's at the beginning of of this this, uh, book, this revealing, um, and and John is taken off into vision. And I think it's important to kind of contextualize that a little bit. You know, John, the revelator, he's on the island of Patmos. He was. I've never been there, but I have family who have been there have told me it's a pretty desolate little place. Oh, no. <laughs> this little small rocky outcropping. and uh, So it wasn't Hawaii? It, no, no, no. <laughs> in fact, I think my father-in-law tells a story about how when they were missionaries in the Middle East, how they went out and they had to get the small little fisherman's boat to take him out to the Patmos. Uh, and, and it was really wavy. It was really rough trying to get out to it. And... Uh, yeah, it's just this little barren, rocky outcrop uh, in the in the middle of the Mediterranean, and and so John's stuck there. It's it's kind of um, isolation, you know, yeah. uh, and 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 while he's there, uh, and and they're hoping that they've kind of shut him down, you know, limited his what this apostle of Christ can do, and yet in the midst of this very desolate place, uh, God gives him this revealing of hope, of something more, something better, something grander. Yes. And this description describes the throne room of God and the sanctuary of heaven. So you have all these different beautiful, it would be just amazing to actually see that. And at the center of this is Jesus. Yeah. Verse 14, his hair was white like wool, as white as snow, his eyes were like blazing fire. 
Oh, to see the eyes of Jesus, right? And, <laughs> Amen. And a lot of people get scared by all these other images and revelation, but really the center of the revealing is about Christ. It's this, uh, he's the central focus. Here he is at this beginning and the opening of this vision when he's taken off in a vision. And it says, finally, uh, the, uh, his face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance, mm-hmm. the, the glory of God. Amen. Uh, how beautiful that must have been. And, and what is John's response? He falls at his feet as though one dead, it says, he said, <laughs> and, and, uh, and, then, and, and then says to him, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I'm the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death in Hades and then instructed to write and share. So John the Revelator is encouraged. He sees this incredible vision of, of the future of, of Christ and uh, a, a, of a better place, a better land that, that we're going to be. And so whatever we may be going through right now, we have to remember that there's something better coming. Amen. And uh, so how do we wait until we get there? Uh, the next section here is called the countdown. Uh, Buster? Yes. <laughs> uh, you know, before I get there, yeah. talking about a little bit of exile. Last year oh, when yeah. we shut down uh, for the uh, quarantine, right? Uh-huh. Uh, that the, did feel like an exile. Yeah, it did feel like, <laughs> like an exile. But, you know, it's funny because John the, the Revelator, mm. he wrote John, uh, Revelation, right? In the midst and, of it. Yeah, in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. Yeah. And then uh, what, what amazes me is that during that time, I, I call up Michael Campbell and I say, Michael, how are you doing? He says, Buster, I haven't done so much writing in a long time. Oh, no, Buster. <laughs> <laughs> well, confession's good for the soul. Yes, COVID's been my best year ever for writing. Amen. But, but you know, that's the thing. Even yeah. in the midst of, and we're going to yeah. talk about it here in the next chapter, even in the midst of exile, God yeah. uses us, yeah. right? Uh, and Absolutely. It's, it's not about disconnecting. It's about connecting with God and with yeah. each other through different means and methods. Yeah. And it's amazing to see what God can do when we surrender it to you him. You know, COVID this last year and a half has been had its incredible challenges, not yes, being able has. to have some of the social aspects of our lives. But at the same time, we've had more family time, uh, more walks together as a family. Uh, so, yeah, there's always that silver lining in the midst of that. So, yeah, I appreciate that. Well, we better figure out how to count down to all this. Yes, yeah, so let's just go ahead and count down. <laughs> And so this is bringing us to Matthew chapter 24, yeah. uh, starting with verse 3. Uh, talk, talks about Jesus at Mount of Olives, and he's talking to his disciples, but then he goes on 4 through 8, and he mentions some things here. He says, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, mm. but the end is not yet. For nation will not rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilences, and also earthquakes in various places. All these are the yeah. beginning of sorrows. So talking about things that will come, uh, it says, what will his coming be like and how can we avoid being deceived? Mm-hmm. Well, he's going to come through the clouds of glory. We know that. And mm-hmm. we know that before he comes, there's going to be so many deceptions, yeah. uh, these false Christ. But I believe they come in a very many myriad of ways, right? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes we are on our we are on false Christ, right? We have uh, hero complexes where we try yeah. to save ourselves or save others. But but even more than that, Jesus is warning them, saying, "Make sure you're not deceived." And the only way to not be deceived is by making sure you're spending time with the real, right? Yeah. By the way, I have to to brag on one of our uh, colleagues here at Southwestern this last week because talking about deception. 
Uh, we've got one of our colleagues, Elizabeth Bowser, who's yes. doing this uh, teaching church history, and she's going through the early Christian church. And, and you and I, Buster, and, and Pastor Michael Gibson, we were kind of there to kind of listen to the students as they were having an early church council debating all of these different heresies, different perspectives, you know. And one of the, the most interesting of the early church heresies, and by the way, our students did a great yeah, job. Yeah, they did a really good job. It was quite entertaining. <laughs> and uh, so kudos. And one of the great reasons I love Swau here is just the, seeing such creative colleagues that we have, seeing them yes. at their finest. And so that that was just a great teaching moment just to, to see that happen. Uh, but but the, the heresy that stuck out since we've been thinking about this this week <laughs> is Gnosticism, yes. which is this idea of secret knowledge. Uh, and there's a lot of that going on. Like if you only have the certain secret knowledge of the end time events or how Jesus is going to come, then you will have some superior insight about how this is going to take place. And, yes. and like you're talking about all these end time events, we know there's going to be these terrible calamities, uh, terrible things that are going to happen. But Pestilences, right? <laughs> yeah, and, and, and that's true. We should be aware of that. Of course. But here's the, here's the kicker is that, you know, just like Gnosticism, this heresy in the early Christian church, we have a lot of Gnostics in the world today. We even have a few Gnostics in Adventism that, that think they have the secret revealing, secret knowledge about how all the end time events are going to take place. And and that's just not how it is. Yeah, foolhardy. God is clear and revelation means revealing. It means it's clear about the end times that if we pay attention and follow scripture, that God's going to reveal and make it clear to us how all these things are going to take place. And we don't have to be afraid We because we know it's a revealing, it's clear, it's not secret knowledge. It's yeah, not there, Gnosticism. There, there's no Da Vinci code to try to figure it out. Exactly. Uh, he, he makes it clear. And this mm-hmm. is the thing, his way out is always this. So Matthew 24, 9 through, I'm not going to read the whole thing, 9 through 14 t- talks mm-hmm. about they're going to deliver you up and all these different things. But notice here, it says, uh, uh, verse 12, and because mm-hmm. lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold, but yeah. he who endures the end shall be saved. Love and it. this gospel, the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations and the end will come, right? I now, like that. Now, I want you to take a, take a hint here what, what's happening here. <laughs> He's not saying that uh, the gospel is going to be preached and because you're not preaching, then I'm not going to come. No, what he's saying is, I... I have a plan, and as you're following that plan, God yeah. is instrumental in real time of getting us to witness, of encouraging yeah. us to witness. And I believe when that very last person, right, that that last person says yes, God knows the day and the hour, mm. right? Yeah, we don't. Our duty is not to focus in, not even on the false Christ, not to f- focus in on the pestilences, all these different things. It's to focus in on witnessing. It's focus in on living our lives for Jesus Christ. So wait just a minute. Let me make sure I'm tracking with you here, Buster. Yes. If I'm hearing you right, I mean, there's all these pestilences and crazy stuff that will happen. But if I'm hearing you right, the greatest sign of the end is the proclamation of the good news Absolutely. of the gospel. Yeah. And, but wow. you know, that, that's the... That's the greatest thing of every century since yeah. since Christ came, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what he's called us to do. This is what this is why the church exists. So, if we really want to pay attention to the nearness of Christ's return, we should uh, really be opening our eyes and saying, "Hey, Lord, you know, use me as much as possible, and, and open our eyes, give us that discernment to see how you're working around me." Put down the conspiracy books or whatever else it is. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, and pick up the word. Wow. Listen, yeah, the yeah. Word, listen to the word and follow the word. Mm-hmm. And I promise you, you will not be led astray. 
Love it. Right? There's so yeah. many different theories that are going out there, and Michael, I get lost in them sometimes. So oh, I get weary of them too. <laughs> and I'm not telling you don't. Yeah. I'm not telling you don't follow. Any, I'm telling yeah. you, the Bible is our guide. Mm-hmm. Let's utilize it and let's share the Bible as a guide as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Which Michael, that kind of leads us to marching orders. All right. Well, <laughs> what are those we, marching orders? We go back to scripture. <laughs> we have our message. And our mission outlined for us, and I love this in Revelation chapter 14. Yes. And I'm, I'm just getting to this in my Adventist history class right now. I love going through this as our early Adventist pioneers discovered their identity, Amen. what made Adventism Adventist, right? It's, yes. It's celebrating Christ coming again and our distinctive beliefs that 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 help to reveal the character of God, yeah. you know, yep. uh, God's end time people who just see uh, such a beautiful understanding of, of God. And if you haven't read this, every Adventist should have this, should just know this by heart. And it comes and it builds on what you were saying about the, you know, the, the greatest sign of the end being the proclamation of the gospel. Mm-hmm. But then also that message and mission is again, here we have verse six of Revelation 14, um, the, the, starting with the first angel, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. So what makes Adventism Adventist at its best is when it's centered and focused on Christ. Yes, and sir. So whether that's the second advent or it's the sanctuary message or it's the seventh-day Sabbath or understanding of the state of the dead or even the gift of prophecy should all point us to Jesus. We understand who God is so much better as a result of these amazing um, biblical uh, scriptural truths, you know? Indeed, indeed. So, uh, and and of course, the, the whole rest of the three angels' messages, uh, it talks about Babylon has fallen, the second angel and the third angel. If anyone worships the beast in his image and receives his mark in his forehead or on his hand, uh, he shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength into the cup of his indignation. Well, if you go through this and read this, you know, so what, what what's going on here, right? Uh, and then finally, verse 12, here's the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Well, here's uh, end time people mm-hmm. who worship Jesus. They're in, madly in love with Jesus. Yes. And because that, they, they follow all of God's commandments, including the fourth commandment, keeping the Sabbath. Yes, so sir. It's, it's that's, in there. That's, that's, that's a sign it's a, of 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 one's relationship and commitment to, to Christ, allegiance, faithfulness to scripture and to Christ. And then also having the faith of Jesus, which Revelation 19.10 talks about how the, uh, um, this faith of Jesus uh, the, or the testimony of Jesus, sometimes it's translated, is the spirit of prophecy. So it's mm-hmm. the end time people who also are characterized by keeping all of God's commandments and having the gift of prophecy. And I don't know about you, Buster, but I can't think of any other religious group in the world that fits this description than the Seventh-day Adventist Church. So it's true. I I just see this as our message and our identity and our mission is all just wrapped up here so beautifully. And and I'm just going to pause for a little bit for a little little hobby horse because, you know, at the moment there's a lot of debate going on about uh, COVID-19. You know, we've talked about that, you know, how it's impacted our lives, our teaching, so many other kinds of things. Right now, uh, there's a lot of stuff going on with the with the vaccine. And um, I'll just say this, that, you know, I, you know, right off the bat, I, I think it's a great idea because I just see people's lives being saved by it. But I'm also, you know, 
of, of the perspective that everyone should take, you know, free choice. I, I wouldn't want to force anybody to do it. Personal responsibility personal or respons- personal choice. Yeah. And so uh, those kinds of things. But but what I am concerned about as a pastor now, and again, I'm not a Say physician, so don't take this as medical advice. Uh, anyone listening, you should go consult with your doctor, whether you know the vaccine's right for you or not. But I am a theologian. And, and I specialize in Adventism here, you know, and what I'm concerned about is I've, I've seen some people saying, well, the COVID-19 vaccine is the mark of the beast. Yes. And, and I, I'm a little well, bit worried about I'm that. I'm saying yes, because I've heard it, not yeah. because I agree with that statement. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that clarity, okay, Buster. Okay, yes, had to. <laughs> and, 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 and what people need to understand is, is that the mark of the beast and these kinds of things, it's, it's not some again, secret little injection that you get tricked into getting. It's actually um, whether or not um, someone is fully in allegiance with God or Satan. Yeah. And, and whether it's a being true and faithful to Jesus Christ or a false system of worship. So we're not talking about an injection here. Um, COVID-19 vaccine has nothing to do with that. Yes. Uh, and so I just want to kind of disabuse people of this notion that, you know, if you're vaccinated or not, it, it may or may not be the right decision for you. I'm not, that's not what our podcast is about. I'm not, that's not what I'm about. But I, I do want to be careful and make sure people understand what our theology actually is. Yes. And our theology is about Christ and the gospel. And, and, uh, and it's really important that we understand what, what the actual mark of the beast is. And that's that false system of worship that opposes God. And it really centers on the Sabbath, not, not as, again, some kind of secret thing. But, but the day we worship shows that we're being faithful, that, we, that, the, that that day matters in our relationship. It doesn't earn our salvation, but because we love God yeah. and because we love Jesus and his sacrifice for us, we want to be loyal to him and the word. Um, yeah. and, and that will be a sign. People see at the end of time, oh, they're different because exactly. they are loyal to scripture. And boy, they, they sure love Jesus, you know. Striving striving in obedience out of love, right? Yeah, exactly. And that's what so that is. I just want to be very clear. What is our message and mission? If you're not sure as a Seventh-day Adventist, if you're listening to this, read the three angels' messages of Revelation 14. It is crystal clear what Adventism is about about what our message is and what our mission is. And at the end of the day, it's all about living, uh, resting in Christ. So that kind of segues into our next uh, Wednesday's lesson, rest in peace. Amen. So Hebrews 11, 13 through 16 brings a very somber, but also a a hopeful, positive Mm -hmm. message. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says, these all died in faith, having not received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. For those uh, who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And this is the, the chapter of faith, uh, for those of you who are, who are unfamiliar with this, uh, uh, lead, leading right after it, talking about Enoch all the way down to, to Sarah, right? These people who are considered in the, the, the hall of fame because of their faith, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, for their trust in God. And truly, verse 15, if they had been called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to, call, uh, to be called their God, for he, has prepared for, them a, uh, for he has prepared a city for them. And so here it's sharing with us that the promise here is that God has promised us not only because of our faith, uh, that this world is not our home, Right. Our citizenship is in heaven. A great reward is waiting for us, anyone who dies. 
Uh, there's a, my former conference president tells a wonderful story about this. Hmm. It's, uh, it's actually a true account for his life. His yeah. father, when he was 16 years old, got yeah. in a horrible car crash. This is Leighton Holly. Oh, wow. Uh, those of you know him. And he says he went to the hospital to, uh, you know, because he's going to be rushing surgery to try to save his life. And his dad said, I'll see you right after surgery, son. Gave him a hug, kissed him, right? Went into surgery. And he never made it out. <sighs> but Elder Holly says, I, he's like, I'm so happy, though. He says, because the next thing my father will recognize is that he came out of surgery and sees the face of Jesus. I love it. Right? Yeah. And so that's the great hope for all of us. That's mm-hmm. the great uh, expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Not only expectation, promise that we have, that we have in Jesus Christ. And uh, the last thing it has us read here is John eleven eleven. It says, uh, how does Jesus describe death here? He says, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up, right? Yeah. So that is that, that resting in peace. But it's, we're not going to rest there forever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We will be. We will rise up again. Uh, yeah. Hopefully, we'll rise up that first time and not the second time. Praise mm-hmm. the Lord! Right? Yeah. Uh, we want the, that first resurrection. Absolutely. Uh, when Christ comes to take us to take us to our heavenly home. Yeah. Later on, coming down and having the the new earth, the new Jerusalem. Uh, but that is a promise for all those who rest in Jesus, mm. who have faith in Jesus. Hebrews 11 doesn't stop with those who are mentioned, doesn't stop with Sarah or Abraham. Yeah. It continues on even till today. Exactly. Uh, the books are still being written. So hopefully our stories of faith will continue on. So Michael, tell us now that we've talked about resting in peace and marching orders, tell us a little about rejoicing in the Lord always. You know, I think this has got to be one of my favorite Bible promises. Uh, Philippians chapter 4, oh, verses yes. 4 through 6. It's very short. This succinct little uh, passage. I'm going to read it here from the NIV. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And I just love this. You know, we're in the midst of a lot of challenges. I'm listening to my students with their prayer requests right now as we're mm-hmm. talking in class and stuff, what's going on. And and we got people that, you know, have either are sick with COVID or have family that are sick with COVID. Family that, that have died of COVID. Died of COVID. I've had two families in the last week, right? Yeah, same here of uh, yeah. three. They're mm. going off to funerals, right? Ouch. Yeah. Yeah. And so you have the midst of that in the middle of a semester where, you know, it's really starting to get crunch time. The first week or two, it's kind of warm up, but now... We're about to finish week four! <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's really, it's kind of picking up. Uh, the pressure's there. Uh, and so, and students are feeling that too. And then pressure of how to how to pay those bills and everything. And, you know, I'm just so thankful. The last, like, two weeks, uh, we've had some students said, you know, I'm, I'm ready to drop out. I'm, I'm, I don't have enough money. One student... Short six thousand dollars. Yes, Buster. You know, and what happened? Oh, you know, we we put a campaign out on yeah. Facebook, and I think she had within a matter of hours, yeah, nearly eight to ten thousand dollars in just donations. Unbelievable. And then, yeah. And then Mira called her up yeah. from yeah. shout out to Mira yeah. and said, "We got another scholarship for you." She had exceeding over the amount that she needed. That's incredible. And, uh, so it keeps us not only here for this year and next yeah. semester, but 
yeah. going into towards next so, year. So, and if some of our listeners were uh, part of that, helping to make that thank happen, you. just want to say thank you. We also had a student that <laughs> needed a set of tires, and and again, I'm just so grateful to put on a, a thing online, you know, just on social media, saying, "Hey, I got some a, a student here who works really hard and loves Jesus and is giving it his all, and and just." You know, and, and just trying to make ends meet, and it's really hard. And and had a blown out tire, and he's driving around on bald tires. And and we have some people in the community that that pitched in and helped him get a set of tires. And and he was short a couple thousand bucks. So um, I I just you know sometimes we look at all the negative things around, and mm-hmm. and then we don't realize all the amazing blessings. And um, I think the Holy Spirit working in people's hearts. And when I see that happen, even in the midst of all these challenges, I have to say. I rejoice in the Lord. So thank you to those who've made that possible for both of our students and others, uh, because I wish you could see the tears in their eyes. You, you know what I love about that, Michael? Yeah. And sometimes it gets lost in the translation yeah. uh, in the English language, but it's not just you rejoice mm-hmm. in the Lord always. Rejoice together. Together, yeah. And, yeah. and when we can come together and celebrate together and rejoice yeah. together, tears of happiness. That's what heaven's going to be. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So these are just little foretastes of heaven uh, when we see God's people coming together, making a difference, helping uh, those in in their midst. And, and I just, I, I say rejoice. And, and this has given me incredible encouragement to see our students being able to get that little bit of extra help just to make it possible. And so I say rejoice in the Lord. And again, I say rejoice Rejoice. and um, by the way there's the one other part of the passage i just want to emphasize let your gentleness be evident to all uh (laughs) (laughs) as i read this you know what was going through my mind buster Uh uh-oh yeah uh, yeah. oh yeah how how we deal with each other online social media you know i i wish and and it's it's just sometimes everything seems so polarized different strong views about different things I, I, I want I wonder if we could claim this passage a little bit more often in in our relationships with one another yeah and especially uh, dealing with um, uh, our online relationships with other people if we could just all be uh, let your gentleness be evident to all including online <laughs> yeah you know I, I would like to add to that Michael sometimes yeah. In our arguments, we are so desperate to be right, to mm-hmm. prove that we are right. Yeah. But God has called us to do right by each other. Yeah. And that is to actually show kindness, mm-hmm. to show love, to show mercy, tenderness, right? Yeah. yeah. Especially to the household of faith, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, but to all men, right? Yeah. If at all possible, live peacefully with all men. So please, I extend that invitation as well. To and everyone. I'm challenging myself too. You know, yeah, this is not here. like saying, hey, I'm perfect in this, Ooh. but 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 Lord, this no, is I'm convicting not. my heart to say, you know, how can we cultivate gentleness yes both in all of our relationships and especially in our online um, interactions yeah yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah please give up keyboard courage for uh, i guess the holy spirit led kindness right mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> and and at the end i love how real this is you know don't be anxious about anything lots of things to be anxious about right in all of our lives we hear our students there's a lot of anxiety going around, but with Thanksgiving, present your request to God. So uh, in those moments of desperation, when you're just not sure what to do and just seems like everything looks uh, dark and, and for you know uh, no, no prospects or whatever, uh, remember, just say, hey God, um, I, I, I wanna challenge you and, and, and this is what's really going on with me here and, and 
Lord, I, I just want to give this to you. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, well, it's been quite a quarter, huh? It has been. Uh, just, wow, we've covered a lot of territory and... Um, I'm just excited that, uh, by the way, Buster, what's what's coming up around the corner? Maybe some of our listeners may not know what, what are, I know I'm, I'm kind of sneaking this up on you, but we were talking about it just yeah, yeah, before. I, I, have you fact-checked me? Because I think I saw it in church uh, last week as we read over it, but I think we're going to be looking at the book of Deuteronomy. Yeah. I think it's coming up next quarter. So uh, I'm looking forward to, to digging into that. I can't remember ever, ever going through a Sabbath school uh, quarter on Deuteronomy. Maybe we have, but. Yeah, <laughs> I, no, I think it's the first, right? For me. Right? Yeah, certainly for was, me, too. It was probably nine last we did, so I probably don't remember, but. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can make it memorable. <laughs> well, I'm excited. We'll be uh, entering a new uh, section, new uh, portion of the scripture, but I uh, look forward to uh, learning together. Amen. Well, this is Sue. And Swoops. Signing out. As we put a wrap on this week's lesson, this is Campbell Swoops signing off. By the way, we want to give a shout out to our sponsors, the Southwestern Union of Seventh-day Adventists and Southwestern Adventist University, which has for over 125 years provided a Christ-centered education just 20 minutes south of Fort Worth, Texas. We love teaching with personal colleagues, offer quality academics, and provide numerous ways to get involved both on campus and across the globe. To learn more, visit swahu.edu or check us out on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Also, be sure to join us again next week as we continue to explore God's Word. You can make sure not to miss an episode by joining us at sabbathschoolrescue.org.